Hello there, and welcome to The Time Machine with Trish and Mike. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. And you're better this week. I'm so proud of you. I'm just going to go so quick. <laughs> just like, jump the gun. As I'm saying Mike, start Trish. with the Anna Trish. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. It only took us 38 episodes, but hey, we got yeah. the timing right on that. We're here. Yeah. We are here once again for another week of fun yeah, um, hard to believe it's like the last week of October. Almost. I mean, well, it, 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 we're coming it, into the 20s, the 20, like what? The 31st is a Sunday. Yeah. So we're the 21st. Yeah. So we're like a week and a half. So <laughs> it's the last full week in October. Yes. There we go. We can yeah. say that. that. That counts. It'll work. And you, you are off for some fun coming up soon, though. Yes, this weekend I'm getting to go to another convention. Uh, this one's a spooky empire. It's more like a horror Halloween themed con. Uh, it's actually the first time I'm going for the full weekend. Normally I just do oh, this fine. one for a day, so this will be kind of fun. Um, so it'll be uh, be a good time. And then I'm you got some spooky outfits ready. <laughs> it uh, yeah, we will. Um, we'll just have to tell people to stay tuned and yeah, and see be a surprise. What I have, maybe go uh, a go- mystery, maybe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's coming up. How about you? Anything exciting and this weekend? Go in and just buying candy, chilling. And getting ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure my kids will have changed their minds already by uh, <laughs> what they want to be for Halloween. We're not even really going trick or treating um, like we did last year with the pandemic. We're just kind of doing a family thing. So I like to do like spooky meals. So like you know, fancy pancakes or like mm-hmm. the, the mummified hot dogs and that okay. kind of stuff to make it yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I'm curious with how, you know, with everything from last year, what people do this year, is there going to like, is trick or treating yeah. as we know it kind of not going to be a thing that we go back to because well, like, even this year, this year, there's so many people that are kind of, you know, iffy on things. It's like, once yeah. you not don't do this for two or three years, yeah, the tradition kind of goes away. Even I find growing up myself, trick-or-treating was like a much bigger you know, activity than even my girls. And maybe that, you know, the difference between growing up rural in the mm-hmm. 80s, 90s um, versus an urban city in the 2000s, 2010s. Yeah, you know, and it seems to me that even prior to COVID, there was a lot more of a push for uh, like more community-based events mm-hmm. as opposed to trick-or-treating like you'd have more fall festivals or harvest festivals or yeah. trunk or treat type things mm-hmm. uh, versus yeah i learned about trunk or know. treat from another friend that lives in uh in in florida where did i uh, my friend lives in shoot what's that place up by tampa started with a p we've talked about it before uh Pinellas County? Pinellas County. That's okay. where she lives. All right, and she yeah. would always do this trunk or treat. And I'm like, what is a trunk or treat? But yeah, now maybe, I know. Maybe it's more an American thing. And maybe it's even just an East Coast thing. I, I don't know. But Well, and for you guys, too, your weather is so much nicer. Like here we can have like one, one Halloween. I took Adriana trick or treating and we had three feet of snow. So you're in your snowsuit with like a little witch's hat on. It's and we ended up going to the mall and it was terrible. It was awful. I hated it. 
Well, we've we've never had snow here on Halloween, but our Halloween weather can be very hit or miss. There are some years that it's pretty warm, mm-hmm. and then there can be other years that it's cold. October is very weird. Like I remember going. Uh, in fact, last year I went to Disney with some friends on November second, which sounds weird, but I remember Halloween was a Saturday, and we went to lunch. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I specifically remember the second. Like I wore a jacket all day. I don't think it got above sixty. So that shows is, you. Yeah, that's like which, 15 for us. Yeah, which I mean, that's two days later, but that just goes to show you that time of yeah. year can be very hit or miss. Like at night, it was pretty cool. Like if you the were iguanas to were falling is what you're saying. We weren't quite to the iguana <laughs> stage. That's more like oh, no. January, February okay. weather, but it was it was quite pleasant. Anyway, or iguanas. We're, talk, we're, we're talking all this about Halloween and we're totally ruining our episode for next week because we are going to talk right. about oh, Halloween. Okay. on Halloween yes (laughs) so we'll get there Um, it's coming up it's I guess that I I mean that the whole thing was what am I doing this weekend it'll be finding a new Halloween costume because my kids will have changed their minds right yes and I will be at a a Halloween type convention um it'll be fun are you gonna be uh taking any photos or just strictly attending um no I'll just probably just be attending and just hanging out um yeah the the nice thing since it's at a hotel and like this is my thing with the hall mat and the christmas mm-hmm. convention is when they're at hotels they're l- more laid back i always find mm. and you know you can hang out with people after the con's over if you're staying out there you know go to somebody's room and hang out or you know go to one of the hotel restaurants or, or whatever and just have just relaxing chill time you know it'll be nice so, cool yeah and especially after a pandemic we kind of need a little bit of chill time and hopefully everyone yeah. just attends safely that's the big thing right Right. Well, like that was what was so cool, you know, going to a convention, you know, MegaCon back in August was you literally you're seeing people you haven't seen in two years in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. So just that part of it's nice. But uh, anyway, yeah. you, you know what else is nice? I think you're going to tell me. I will tell you. And on <laughs> October 26, 1946, Pat Sajak was born in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, well, that is a nice, nice uh, anniversary to remember. Yeah, or as most people call them, birthdays. Well, you know what? The anniversary of the rotation around the sun. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, of course, Pat Sajak, Piet Sajak, I don't know where that came from. Pat Piet. Sajak, best known as the host of Wheel of Fortune. Uh, you will appreciate this. Do you know what his nickname in high school was? Like uh, Patty? Like something I, simple? I couldn't find the explanation for this, and I mm. really want to. His nickname was Warm Apple Turnover. That's like people would actually say like, hey, Warm Apple Turnover. I guess so. That's like such a long nickname. <laughs> like, why not Patty? <laughs> right? Or, okay. I mean, Pat itself is short. You know? Yeah. I don't well, know. Patrick. Pat, Patrick. Patty. Patty. I don't know. Rick. There's Something. many other options than Warm Apple Turnover, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, he... Uh, you know, he gets his start in broadcasting while he was going to college. His broad, he was going to school, you know, to study that. And a local radio station in Chicago was looking for a newsman, so he got the overnight shift because that's when you work in radio, your first mm-hmm. gig is pretty much always the graveyard shift. Yeah. Uh, he then later joined the army and was actually in Vietnam. And get this, oh, so we, we I all, didn't know that. We all know the Good Morning Vietnam movie with mm-hmm. Robin Williams. He yep. actually winds up taking over and hosting that show for a while after Adrian Cronauer 
left the show and he would sign on with the Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, cool. Welcome. Yeah, that's really neat. So after he gets out of the army, he winds up DJing at WSM in Nashville, which is now like the major country station in mm -hmm. Nashville. But at the time, they just played pop music. And he had the afternoon three to five gig. And their sister TV station wound up bringing him on the screen. And one thing led to another. He started doing like little small news you know, segments here and there. And he was a substitute weatherman. And then... Uh, KNBC in Los Angeles in 1977 mm -hmm. was looking for a weatherman and they happened to somebody was in Nashville and saw him and they wanted to hire him. They brought him out to be the full-time weatherman. That's really interesting. There's like a lot of, um, you know, kind of luck getting him through these different people, seeing him and, and enjoying. I mean, I'm sure it's also yeah. hard work and talent, but yeah, it's well, got to be the right person at the right time to and, see you. And that's really how anything in the entertainment business goes. Yeah. You know, it's all about the right person having to see you to recognize mm -hmm. your talent and say, hey, that's my guy for this gig or whatever. Yeah. And giving you the chance. And so in 1981, Merv Griffin asked Pat Sajak after seeing him host, you know, being the weatherman, uh, wanted to know if he wanted to take over hosting the wheel of fortune show which at the time was hosted by chuck woolery so at, at this point wheel of fortune is actually this is where the wheel of fortune history gets confusing if you mm -hmm. follow the bounce because i was ball. like there was someone before pat sajak it was originally produced as a daytime show mm -hmm. on nbc back beginning in 1975 it's like way older than i anticipated right so there's <laughs> like it's a daytime show on network mm -hmm. tv Later in the 80s is when they begin the syndicated primetime version that we all know mm -hmm. nowadays. But there's a there was a daytime version as well. And it, it went over to CBS for a little while and went back to NBC. And eventually in the early 90s, the daytime version completely went away. But so Sajak has always hosted the primetime nighttime syndicated version mm -hmm. that we all know. And uh, the, the president of NBC wasn't on board with it because he thought he was just like a local weather guy. He's like, now this guy doesn't have what it takes. Well, that guy wound up getting the boot because NBC programming was going down the tubes at the time. So, so clearly this guy was making quite a few mistakes and judgments. Exactly. So Merv Griffin gives Sajik the job and the rest of course is history. And oh, that's um, so cool. Sajak was actually honored by the Guinness book of world records as the longest running host of any game show. Because I thought for sure when you said there was someone before him, I'm like, there's no way. But that makes sense with the daytime mm -hmm. version. And he's hosted now Wheel of Fortune longer than Bob Barker hosted The Price is Right. Wow. Pretty cool. That's like way more than I ever thought Page Pat Sajax did. Right. Oh, his I whole would, career. In, yeah, the in whole career, like going to Vietnam and being in radio. That's really cool. Yeah. And he's had some other TV shows here and there over the years, but nothing that's really kind of lasted more than a year or two. But obviously mm. the prices are prices, right? Hello. Wheel Fortune has done pretty well for him. Mm. And so the uh, original host of Wheel of Fortune, like I said, was Chuck Woolery, who had hosted it up until when Pat Sajak, of course, Chuck Woolery has hosted a ton of game shows mm -hmm. as well. And he hosted it up until Pat Sajak took over. However, there was a week in August of 1980 that Chuck wasn't able to host. I guess I don't know if he was sick or there was other commitments mm -hmm. or something. So do you know who actually hosted a week of Wheel of Fortune in 1981 or 1980? 1980. 
Did they did they call Bob Barker over? Uh, nope, but they had someone Come else on who down. they had somebody else <laughs> who has been hosting some game shows and would later go on to be a rather iconic game show host, uh, Alex Trebek. Oh, a Jeopardy connection because we have talked about Jeopardy before on the show. Mm-hmm. And in fact, on very April, cool for April Fools in 1997, Sajak and Trebek actually traded jobs for the day. Sajak oh, hosted cute. Jeopardy, and Trebek was hosting a special two contestant celebrity matchup on wheel of fortune between pat and vanna and oh that's so cute pat's wife was actually the letter turner for that day (gasps) oh i love that that's cool who won though did vanna or pat uh (laughs) you know if if, if i did better research i could have that but i don't (laughs) but here's what i can tell you i can tell you how much do you think the wheel weighs oh no a math question and i get these wrong so badly Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's really it's going to be heavy because it yes. looks like hefty when they're when they're, you know, if you could see this motion that I'm doing on the camera. <laughs> when it would make for a good TikTok. <laughs> um, I'm going to say like at least, I don't know, 300 pounds. Is it way too high? You're way off. Oh, God. What's it going to actually be? The, the wheel weighs about 2,400 pounds. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. That's like way over here. Which, which, which is about 1,100 kilograms. Thinking it's on it's on an axis. It would be like heavy, but still manageable. Yeah, okay, it's wow, manageable. That's way heavier. It, it's obviously people are able to spin it, you know. Yeah. Because it's mostly it's just the weight and it's sitting on, you know, to, to spin. It's kind of like the price is right wheel. I mean, I, I don't recall from our research how heavy that is but I mean, oh but it looks it, pretty hefty. you can see some people have to put a little oomph mm-hmm. into that well and i'm a shorty and i probably have to be like really grab on it so do you know how they did the letters back in the day because like nowadays everything's a touch screen right like, back and vanna just back she used to, the, to flip it in the late 90s they went to a touch screen board where so they could reset the board a lot quicker but in back mm-hmm. in the day they would have these trilons, which were just a three-sided thing that spins. So you'd have the green side, which would just you know be where there is no letter. You'd have a blank mm-hmm. white side where there's a letter to be filled in, and then you'd have the letter itself that she would actually oh, turn. Cool. So they wound up switching once the technology was there in the late 90s to a digital screen because what would happen is every time they'd have to put a new puzzle in, they'd have to wheel the board off screen to load in the new puzzle Oh, and it would like the letters take so long. Mm -hmm. So nowadays they can actually record about five or six episodes in a day. Whereas before, probably two or three. Yeah, maybe two. Something. Um, I did a quick Google and apparently the price of price is right. Wheel. It weighs two thousand pounds. Okay, so the the Wheel of Fortune wheel actually weighs more. Now, I'm assuming that's hefty. That's see, but this is where is that including like the base and everything of the wheel as well? I I don't know. know. Yeah, because that could affect because like you look at it and I go, yeah, there's electronics in it and there's lights and stuff. But like, why is that wheel twenty five hundred pounds? That just seems like crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm. If anybody knows if they're an engineer or designer, tell us. Apparently, Trish is completely inaccurate. I'm thinking, you know, 300 was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe one segment of it, if you divided it, might. That's true. I don't know. Would, yeah. would you like to buy a vowel, maybe? I do want to buy a vowel. And what's fascinating is I'm going to buy the, the vowel O for the OK Corral, because uh, October 26th, which is actually Pat's birthday that you said, 
But 1881 is going to be the shootout at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona, uh, between the feuding Clanton and Earp families. Wyatt Earp, two of his brothers, and Doc Holliday gunned down two Clantons uh, and and two other associates of the Clanton family. So pretty. I thought it was interesting as soon as you said Pat's birthday. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was going to be the same date, October 26th. So it's crazy how I'm that sure, works out. I'm sure pe- I'm like, we had not really discussed it overly, you know, in much detail beforehand. So it's kind of interesting that we just did it, but uh, I'm sure lots of people have heard about Tombstone, Arizona, or seen a movie about the, the OK Corral shootout, but October 26th, 1881, like I said, the Earp brothers are going to face off against the Clanton uh, McLeary gang and the legendary shootout in Arizona. Have you ever been to Tombstone, Arizona? No, I, I have not. I think you have, though, right? Or I, I know you. Uh, no, I've only been to Mesa, Arizona. Okay, I've I've never been to Arizona. Period. Oh no. So yeah, I think it would be kind of cool. I think a lot of people probably go for the whole tourist, like the tombstone behind you, right? Oh, yeah, Arizona is a really yeah. nice place. I'd love to go sometime. There's a few different. It's not like a place where there's necessarily a ton to do compared to you know something like Orlando, but it yeah. would be just be very scenic and very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm although not, the name kind of is like a tombstone. It's well, like, where did this come from? And I'd have to <laughs> I'd have to go to Winslow, Arizona to see the statue they put there for the Eagles. Take it easy song. Oh, standing mm-hmm. on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, you know, so, so we got like a bucket list of Arizona already started. Yeah. I mean, that's we'll literally the only it. thing probably in Winslow that I want to do. But <laughs> I get to drive hey. by there, see the statue, play the song, you know. It's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Silver is going to be discovered nearby in 1877. So that's kind of where Tombstone grew because of mining, like miners coming to try and get the silver. And it actually grows into the richest mining town in the Southwest. Now, Wyatt Earp, who was a former Kansas police officer, is actually working as a bank security guard. And his brothers, Morgan and Virgil, um, the town marshal, are going to represent law and order in the Tombstone, Tombstone community. Um, although I didn't realize this and the movies don't really portray it, but they had reputations of being really power hungry and kind of ruthless. So I, most of the movies or things that I have read often, you know, frame them in a very, uh, you know, kind of nightly way that they, they held themselves to a higher level, but I guess not. That's not the reputation that they had. Uh, the Clantons and the McClary's were cowboys who lived on a ranch outside of town. Um, but they also sidelined as cattle wrestlers, thieves, and murderers. So they're not really good people either. And in October of 1881, the struggle between these two groups over the control of Tombstone ends in that blaze of gunfire. So uh, the sheriff, John Behan, who witnessed the shootout, charges the Earps and the Holidays with murder. And a month later, uh, the Tombstone judge found the men not guilty. So they just kind of got off. The shootout is immortalized, like I said, in many movies. So there's Frontier Marshall in 1939, Gunfight at the OK Corral in uh, 1957, Tombstone, which is the one that I um, think of the most is from 93, and then Wyatt Earp from 94. Yeah, those are definitely iconic movies for mm-hmm. sure. I actually had the name Wyatt and Virgil picked out if I had a boy baby based solely on <laughs> the movie Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, and my sister-in-law, I remember she looking at me and she was like, Virgil, really? And I'm like, what? He's a really good character in the movie. I mean, I, Wyatt, I, like I've seen people name their kids Wyatt in the mm-hmm. last several years. So that 
Virgil, not a name that's really used. Don't see many Virgils. I see Wyatt's. I don't see Virgils that often. No. And I mean, you can definitely see how people would could misconstrue the name and make it into like not a great name for boys in general. So it's like, oh, okay, I guess I can't really do that to a son. But, you know, it's like there's I don't I don't want to get in a whole sidebar on this, but there are some (laughs) names when I see and I'm not going to name any specific names, but there are just some names where I just shake my head and I go, Mm -hmm. why are you doing that to your child? Oh, as a teacher, there's definitely names too that get negative connotations attached to them. And you're just like, no, that name is ruined forever. Right. I mean, I don't just mean like if, okay, maybe, you know, somebody named Bill and he's a jerk and this kid named Bill, it's not the kid's fault. They got a bad name. I'm talking when Mm -hmm. they get something that's so, I don't know, unique, maybe. Or it's the spelling too. It's like, why would you spell it that way? You spell it that way to be different and to make your kid's life miserable. Mm -hmm. They're never going to get it right on the Starbucks cup. No, never. Or like uh, growing up in Nova Scotia, we have a lot of Scottish last names. So you get a lot of like Dougal McDougal's or Donald McDonald's. And you're just like, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) Make it easy to remember. I guess so. (laughs) I have some interesting facts about um, Wyatt Earp. All right. What you got? So his full name was Wyatt Barry Strap Earp. And he's going to be born in Monmouth, Illinois, March 19th, 1848. He's actually named after his father's commander that was in the Mexican-American War. He gets his first job in law enforcement by 1870 as a town constable in Lamar, Missouri, where his family had relocated. He left that job, though, in 1871 after having been accused of mishandling public funds. And that same year, he was actually arrested for stealing horses in what was called Indian Territory, uh, present-day Oklahoma. And uh, his case never went to trial, though, so he was never found innocent or guilty. He ends up meeting the very famous Doc Holliday, right, John Henry Doc Holliday in uh, Texas in 1878. That's such a good name, Doc right? Holliday. Like that's, Doc Holliday. Like, even if you don't know anything about him, you go, that's kind of a cool sounding yeah. name. Well, and in Tombstone... Um, Oh my gosh! Now the name's escaping me. If if you ever have a a boy in the future, Doc, just, we'll just call him Doc. But then you the, think of like the dwarves. Eh, I guess. Eh, I Who know. plays him though in Tombstone? Just don't name him Dopey. Just don't name him Dopey. Oh my gosh! Why can I not remember? And he's like a really really good actor, although kind of notorious on set. Oh my goodness. Not Willem Dafoe. That's do, 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 no. Do, is it Tombstone? Maybe it's not do, Tombstone. Do, I'm thinking do, of. Do, 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 do. I'm oh gonna... my gosh, he played Batman. <laughs> it's Val Kilmer. I was just going to yes, make you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to watch you struggle. Oh my gosh. Why did that take my brain so long? Oh, okay. Maybe it's not Tombstone. Maybe I'm actually thinking of no, no, the other Val, movie. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday in Tombstone. in Tombstone. Then how come Google is telling me it's Willem Dafoe? Because he plays <laughs> him in some other movie. I don't know. What's that? Ten, ten tombstone facts. Maybe they're thinking about the actual. Anyway. Anyway, will, Val Kilmer. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but they, I didn't realize he's a Georgia native. In 18, he's born in 1851. He was actually a dentist. He had studied dentistry in Philadelphia. Um, in 1872, he's diagnosed with tuberculosis. And doctors recommended that he move to a drier climate, which is portrayed in the movie. And he goes to Dallas in uh, 1873. He establishes a partnership with another dentist. However, he turns his attention to, he went from fixing teeth 
to drinking and gambling. And Will- that's how he made his money. Willem Dafoe was initially considered for the role of Doc Oh, Holliday. that's why it comes up on Google. He would not have made nearly as good of a job as Val Kilmer. Hollywood is full of stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the almost mm-hmm, like we'll go with the Batman connection. Uh, Michael Keaton or where uh, Michael Keaton was the, you know, the Batman prior to Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray was considered for that role. Oh, no. I mean, I love Bill I Murray. Love Bill but Murray but no, but no, no. And Keaton's one of my favorite Batmans, too. So yes. everything worked out on that one. Yeah. Oh, oh, Bill. No, no, Bill. That would have been bad. Um, Holiday is going to live for another six years after the OK Corral shooting. And then he dies uh, at 36 years old in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Seems so young. Oh, yeah. Earp is actually going to leave Tombstone in 1882 and move around west. He supports himself by gambling. He ends up living in San Diego in the 1880s with a companion named Josephine, city-born actress that he had met originally in Tombstone. And uh, he ends up just, you know, training horses and organizing prize fights in, in California. And then he ends up dying in Los Angeles in January 13th, 1929 at the age of 80. That's a good run. So, yeah. And he and his companion are uh, cremated and their remains are both buried at a cemetery in Colma, California. So, yeah, they never actually got married, but she called herself Josephine Earp. I was like, well, after that much time with one man, you kind of deserve to take whatever name you want, lady. Yeah, right. Well, good for them. Yeah, kind of interesting. So he actually, what's kind of neat is he actually got to talk to people in Hollywood about which is maybe why there's this, uh, you know, slant in Hollywood about his character, because he was the one that actually talked to these directors and writers and gave them kind of material to use for these early, early movies. And of course, you're not going to defame yourself. So no. Right. No. But pretty good run. 80 years old. Yeah. Very so. interesting life. Very much so. Yeah. And a very mm-hmm. interesting episode for us this week. I hope so. Yeah. So, you know, what's going to happen now, because we've we've created this connection there's going to be a mm-hmm. puzzle on wheel of fortune this week about tombstone or val kilmer or wyatt Earp or something that's it. we we have already given you all the ammo you need to win at that puzzle when it comes across your path yes <laughs> which or is maybe, you know bar trivia <laughs> or something but something anyway the more you know rainbow whoosh, yes the, the star it's actually a shooting by. star not yeah. a rainbow well, it's a shooting star with like a rainbow trail. Yeah. So you're, you're getting half credit on that. So yeah, just on the Instagram. That's all. It always comes up with the rainbow and never the shooting star. It's probably for licensing purposes because somebody Maybe. made the, the gif or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the animation. Something. <laughs> Come on, NBC, get your act together. Give us the real gif. That's right. Because I then we can get it. into the gif versus gift debate. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Well, now I just want some peanut butter. We're talking about gif. It always comes back to food. I'm sorry. It does. They, is, is Jif peanut butter is that in Canada? Yeah, but uh, Kraft is much more popular. It's two little bears. That's the logo on the Kraft, Kraft peanut butter. Peanut, we don't have Kraft peanut butter down here. Well, I uh, I take that back. We probably do. It's just under, because this is the thing people don't realize about like food companies is there's really mm-hmm. only like four food companies that make 90% everything of the you eat they just have all these different brands so mm-hmm. i'm saying craft doesn't have peanut butter i i don't know off the top of my head whose brand they have but i'm sure that they 
you know, whether it's Jif or Skippy or Peter Pan or something, some of you have a Peter Pan peanut butter. Yes. Wow. Watch that be the craft one. That would be pretty funny. (laughs) um, You know, so there's really not like a lot of. um, Do you guys have um, Bega? Bega? I don't know what Bega is. Bega cheese and U.S. company Kraft Heinz. Apparently there's a debut over peanut butter branding. Okay. Peter Pan is owned by Post. Oh, okay. Currently. So like Post cereal Mm -hmm. among, you know, other brands. Interesting. I don't, I, I always find the differences between our foods really interesting. Wait, didn't you just talk about Swift and company? Oh, which company? Swift and company. Did you just say them or no? What was that other brand? No, before Uh, that you were talking about Kraft and something. Heinz. Yeah. Didn't you? No, whatever. Bega. This is what happens when we both start Googling two things at once. <laughs> but this you could true. throw Time Machine with Trish and Mike in your Google machine and it'll take you to our YouTube page. Yeah, and, hit subscribe. Yeah, and send us an email at Time Machine at Trish and Mike with gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at Time Machine with Trish and Mike at Gmail. Wait, no. I feel, like, I feel like such roles have been reversed. <laughs> this, is, this is weird. <laughs> this is why you do it, because I screwed <laughs> it up. Because I said, follow us on our Instagram at the time machine with Trish and Mike at gmail.com, which is not our That's Instagram not handle. Happen. It's long enough. We don't need the at gmail.com <laughs> part on it. You can't even it's have true. two apps in your Instagram handle. So no, whatever. If you've listened to us this long, you know how to find us. Probably. Hopefully. Maybe. We believe in you. That's right. We do believe in you. If no one else has said that to you this week, we're saying it to you right now. Yes. And if my instructions weren't clear enough, go back to last week and listen to it. Because <laughs> we do the thing at the end of every episode. And yeah. it'll be there. Yes. And yeah. we'll be here and- for you next week. Maybe. No, I'm kidding. We'll be here. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Have a week great week. On the time machine.